Hello, and welcome back to the Women's Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Liam Greco, but you may know me better as LDG. In today's episode, we'll be continuing the series as we look at the NWSL teams and their off-season so far and what to expect ahead. Instead of doing all six teams in one episode like we did the last, we're going to divide the six teams on the East into three episodes, and today's episode will be starting with Gotham FC and Washington Spirit. We'll be talking all about the new Crystal Dunn signing, the rumored Casey Kruger signing, and the many other rumored stars that could be heading to play in New Jersey, New York this season. Stay tuned for all my thoughts and feedback on those rumors. Gotham FC may be the reigning champs of the National Women's Soccer League, but that does not mean that their GM, Gael Everbush West, is done making moves. In fact, today Gotham released a monumental signing for the club, bringing hometown native Crystal Dunn back to New York where she's from, and it's just a really big deal for the side as they bring in a player who can, is so versatile, can definitely replace Sheehan in the midfield or, um, you know, or even play as a left back and with Nyswanger moving up the pitch and even as a left winger. I mean, the possibilities of Dunn are endless. She is an Olympian. She is a World Cup champion. She is an NWSL MVP um, from previous seasons. Uh, she even has won three NWSL titles. She just brings that experience to Gotham's side that was missing in the midfield. The midfield was all 24 years old last year, which, I mean, it worked out fine, yes, but if Gotham needs to be reigning champions, they need to step it up. And the window of getting better players after you win a title is not infinite. It's very small. And Gotham needs to capitalize off of that and take all these big free agents like they're rumored to get and bring them to New York or New Jersey because that is what's going to help the team be successful next season and help them be successful in the future as they will help develop as these players like Dunn and Lavelle, who we'll talk about later, will help develop the younger players like Martin, like a Farley, who's um, coming back from uh, absence of playing football. Um, even like a Yasmin Ryan is someone who I think could really help learn a lot from Crystal Dunn. And these are incredibly young players, but having that veteran experience will not only give Gotham a boost on the field, it'll give Gotham a boost on the field in the future as it'll, as these players will help to prepare younger players and help to teach them. And they'll be a great role model. And Dunn is someone who's not only an incredible player, but is an incredible person. And someone who will clearly fit in on the locker room as a leader, but also someone who will be a leader on the field and someone who can direct teammates and be that player in big moments to win games. We saw that with the Thorns. In 2022, they won the title. The, Sophia Smith may have gotten all the applause due to her incredible performance in the final, but Dunn was the person who got them there. Dunn scored that incredible goal in the semifinals, which brought the Thorns into the final match against the current. And that is why Crystal Dunn is going to be so important for this Gotham FC side. Dunn is a player who can play all across the pitch, but she's also a leader and she's someone who this team will rely on in big games or Dunn knows she she can produce and help this team win another title. Dunn is not the only player who they rumored to come in, though, as Gotham clearly needs to produce more depth in the midfield and get a center back to replace Krieger. Lavelle, Sonnet, and Davidson are three top free agents that the team is linked to. I love all three of these signings as much as I love the Dunn signing because Lavelle is a dynamic midfielder who can get in between the lines, play beautiful passes, but also make incredible runs. Look at the goal Gotham gave up in the final. It was against Rose Lavelle, and that play was created by Emily Sonnet. Lavelle's a player who can be a creator, but she's also a finisher, and that's what Gotham clearly missed 
last season. A lot of the time, Lynn Williams had to drop so far back to receive the ball. And this season, that simply won't be the case, as you'll have midfielders like Dunn and hopefully Lavelle who are going to be able to distribute better than the midfielders on this team did. Lavelle, someone who can also dribble at the back line, is incredibly dynamic, like we saw from Midge Purse in this season, and she's someone who could finish from anywhere on the field with both feet. Lavelle is a creator, she is a winner, and she is a World Cup champion, who will bring incredible talent to the side if she is signed. Similar remarks I could say about Emily Sonnet, who's not only a leader, but is someone who will stabilize the midfield and the back line. She's someone who can step in for Ali Krieger's presence, as we'll talk about Davidson later. And Sonnet is someone who really is so good on the ball. She's so good at breaking lines, and she can be that player who did what Ali Long did for this team in previous years, like in 2021, when they made the playoffs. She'll be able to drop back, receive, and be able to turn and play a good ball into one of her fullbacks or into Lavelle and done. Sana is a player who can also play as a center back or fullback, but I expect her to play in the sixth position like she played in for the rain last season and like she played in for the U.S., especially in the match against Sweden. Sana is a player who's so good on the ball, but she also has the ability to play that long pass, as we saw in the final against Gotham, which will help her teammates finish. Gotham FC's front line is so lethal, but what was missing last season is the supply from the midfield and the ability for the forwards to just focus on their main job, to score. By bringing in these three midfielders, Sonnet, Lavelle, and Dunn, this team will be so much more explosive and will also allow the attackers to have so many more chances to finish it off. And when you have a front line of Lynn Williams, Astaire, and Mitch Purse with players like Katie Stengel on the bench, you know this Gotham team is going to be one to watch coming into the postseason in 2024. Moving on to a more defensive-oriented player, Theron Davidson is a leader who will help to replace the hole that is being on this defensive line that is missed by Allie Krieger. Allie Krieger may have been 39 years old, but she was a star, and she was easily one of the best defenders in the NWSL last season, and that showed she would win every tackle, and she would be able to distribute the perfect pass. Gotham FC was able to trust Allie Krieger and allow their fullbacks like Jenna Nyswong and Runinia to push up the pitch because they knew they had a player like Allie Krieger in the back line who would be able to make that tackle. You could say many of the same things for Tierna Davison. Yes, the Red Stars did not have a good season last year, but that is not the player's fault, as that roster was incredibly talented. It was the fault of mismanaged coaching. As Juan Carlos Almaros has said in previous interviews, as a player, he didn't love to attack up the pitch, and he loves his team to be in possession of the ball, which we saw last season. Tierna Davidson is an incredible passer out of the back, and I expect her to have a similar role on this Gotham team as one that Ellie Jean had. Jean was a player who was always able to make that final tackle, and was someone who could have a beautiful service from her left foot, something that could find Mitch Purse or Lynn Williams in the flanks. Therefore, I see Tierney Davidson as a perfect fit for the Scotland FC side. Not only because she's the best center back, besides maybe Sarah Gordon, you can make the debate, in this free agency pool that is left, um, but she's also a player who's a leader. She's someone with experience. She's a World Cup champion. She's someone who knows how to lead a side into the biggest games, and she played in a championship match in 2021. She's another player who has championship game experience, and all four of these players have that, which is why it's so important. And I think going into a side that was pretty young, Davidson is going to be able to implement a very well-structured back line, along with the help of Gotham's Spanish center back, Maitani Lopez. The pairing of Lopez and Davis, Davidson is perfect because Davidson is a player who is incredible at distributing and Mayotani Lopez is someone who is never, ever, ever backing away from a tackle. 
The roofless tackles you saw last year from her are immaculate. You've seen so many of those in big games when she's going up 1v1 against defenders like Sophia Smith, like Alex Morgan, like Megan Rapinoe. My Tony Lopez can do that, but now we're adding another element to our backline, which is the ability to play out of the back. And with the deadly wingers that Gotham FC possesses, having a player like Davidson who you can rely on to distribute, but also win those 1v1 battles is so incredible. Gotham do have some holes to fill, though, on the field, which is why these four players are going to be signed, because they have lost quite a few. They waived Sabrina Flores at the beginning of the offseason, who's a solid fullback, which is why, when I saw that, I knew that Dunn was going to come here, because obviously that void of losing Flores would be filled. For expansion draft protection, they traded Mandy Hot to Utah Royals and Ellie Jean to Bay FC, who later went to Louisville. We'll talk about that in our Louisville episode in more depth. Lastly, they lost Imani Dorsey to the Royals in free agency, and yesterday, as I'm recording this, um, on the 31st, on the 30th, Onomonu was traded to Utah Royals for $40,000 in allocation money. These five players being lost are five, yes, players who might have come off the bench and not have had too many minutes. They may have been considered utility players in many ways, but um, Gene, they're all really solid players who are really just you know you can rely on to do their job and they might not be the most flashy stars like the players we're seeing come in but those are solid players those are the hard-working players that can lift up your team and that's why bringing in these players who yes maybe have those star qualities but also have those nitty-gritty moments where they can get in for the tackle and do the dirty work that not many other players want to do is so crucial I mean, in the midfield last season, we had players that were always making those tackles like Neely Martin, and it'll be good to see her back. But losing someone like Jean in the back line is not great because Jean is someone who we relied on a lot at the beginning of the season for, yes, not only her service, but someone we knew who could win every 1v1 challenge. And even though Jean may have gotten phased out of the starting 11 and moved to the bench, she's still a player who, you know, you could rely on off the bench if you needed someone, which is why it's sad to see her go. No real starters leaving. Obviously, Mandy Hot was a promising future goalkeeper. We would have loved to see as our starting goalkeeper in years to come. But with a goalie like Abby Smith, we knew that we were going to lose one of those goalies to expansion draft. So, of course, it's sad for Mandy to go, but I'm so happy that she'll get those minutes as a first-choice keeper as she is more than qualified for that. We talked about some of the players that we wanted to come in, I wanted to see come into the side and that are heavily rumored, but I wanted to... Ex- explain my thinking around them more. So obviously Dunn's a player who I explained a lot about her versatility and someone who they can rely on in these big games. And I think more of a veteran presence in the side is needed. Even though Gotham did have the oldest team, bringing in more World Cup champions is never a bad thing, obviously. And um, players like Sonnet, Lavelle, and Davison are the perfect mix of experience, and Dunn as well, are the perfect mix of experience and also players perfectly in their prime, who you know you can get a good three, four seasons out of. You may be fooled by her last name, but Crystal Dunn isn't done. Sorry, that's a bad pun. But point being is that this team is going to be incredibly talented um, next season on the pitch, even more so than we saw last season, because... I need Gotham to have more depth, and I think a lot of fans have been asking for that. And their depth was incredible last season, but I think the midfield really um, wasn't the strongest suit from this team. It was clearly the weakest line on the pitch, and I think bringing in players like Dunn, Lavelle, and Sonnet for a new midfield makeover is a necessity. Um, As always, when star players come in, players will have to leave, and that's kind of just the reality of professional sports, and that's why players like Onomonu, were traded away because Onomonu's trade helped Gotham generate cash, which presumably went towards signing 
Crystal Dawn. And I think even though we have all these great players coming in, it's important to acknowledge that and prepare yourself for as the listeners of this podcast for players that are going to be coming out, such as I think a lot of, I'm not going to name names because there's, it's hard to predict these kind of things, but I think it's natural that you can have the tendency to believe, how are they getting all this money for all these stars? Well, it has to become from players perhaps leaving the side or maybe being traded away to generate that money that the Goth, the Gotham sides needs. Overall, Gotham's offseason is already off to a great start, and I do see this side competing for a championship again, something that is very happy, that makes me very happy as a Gotham FC fan. Gotham FC is not only a team that is super talented off on the field, but they're also a team that has depth off the field that maybe is always ready to come into the game and win matches. I mean, if you look at the semifinal against the Thorns, the two players that contributed for that goal were players that came off the bench, Stengel and Mewis. Gotham FC is going to still have an incredible roster, as they did win a championship, but they're going to add to that and add even more depth. And that is why it is hard to believe that Gotham FC won't be competing for that title next November. The Spirit, on the other hand, have been quite quiet this offseason. They haven't brought in anyone new into this lineup who had struggled last season and choked on the last day of the regular season which caused them to lose the playoff spot the spirit had an incredible attacking line but their midfield and defense was just horrendous i'm sorry i i have to say it although all spirit fans act all shiny and good about this season the fact of the matter is is the spirit were quite poor considering the roster that they had the roster is so much talent and yet their coaching staff not naming names you all know who i'm talking about did not lead this team to victory. It's just a fact. I mean, that's why he got fired after the end of the season, because he couldn't lead this team, he didn't have a system, something changed every single match, and being unpredictable may be good, but not to your own players. Their own players looked confused, they looked lost, and even seeing them in person, I felt Gotham broke down their defense easier more easily than how Gotham broke down the defenses of what of last place Chicago Red Stars and second to last place Kansas City Current. The Spirit defense made so many mistakes, and therefore I think the Spirit need to make changes because of that. They've already made a few changes with players like Maddie Elwell, Nicholas Douglas, and Inestarina being released to the waiver wire. Um, Elwell and Douglas didn't surprise me. Douglas takes up an international spot and didn't get many minutes, so she was always not gonna, I don't think, stay and go back to playing her club football in England. Elwell's another player who really didn't get enough minutes, and for a young player, you need to get those minutes. Jarena's one who I was more surprised about, though, and even though she did take up an international spot, she was a key starter for this team, and just to, like, release a key starter feels quite odd. If Jarena wanted to go back to playing in France, then I don't get why the Spirit could have simply just transferred her there. Didn't really, logically speaking, it did not make sense there. Um, so yeah, their team, I mentioned their fullbacks. Sure, they had these, like, great, shiny, like, French signings from Paris FC. I don't really think any of them really worked out. None of them really fit into the system, which is why I think the team needs a new fullback and a new aid. Of course, Andy Sullivan and Ashley Sanchez are pure class, but with a player like Jarena leaving, they need replacements, and that was clear. When Jarena got injured at the end of last season, the Spirits started playing much worse, and they lost all of the rhythm they gained with players like Jarena and Oletime Sar coming into the side. Um, If you look in the free agency pool, there are a few eights that really stood out to me at the beginning of the free agency, which the Spirit clearly aren't going to get because they've signed with other teams. Marissa Vigiano is more of a six, but she could also play as an eight and is a good box-to-box player. 
along with a player like McCaskill, who's also a 10 and more attacking-minded, but can still drop back, and Crystal Dunn, who had already played on the Spirit. Um, Dunn, Sonnet, and Lavelle have all played on the Spirit. I didn't expect Sonnet or Lavelle to come back, but I thought Dunn they might have a little chance. According to reports from CBS, the Spirit did go in for Dunn, but ultimately Gotham FC, the counterparts in this episode of the Spirit, got Dunn. Done signature. Um, so therefore, I feel like looking at those players, those are players that I really like, really thought would be the perfect eight for them to look at. Um, I didn't really see too many like clear eights in free agency that I thought could be like great players on this team that were like stars and still had room to grow. Um, Nikki Stanton was someone I thought about, but also I think she's just raining, she's all raining through and through. I don't see her leaving there. Um, the first player I looked at was Shea Groom. I think that in the midfield, they really could use someone who would be able to have a good finishing touch. And I think Sanchez is so creative, but I would love to see someone on the other side of Sanchez who can have that same creativity. Dr- Groom can dribble at the back line. An incredible aerial presence for a spirit side who is pretty bad on corner kicks, even with Sam Solves lethal delivery. And overall, just a player who, yes, is coming back from an ACL injury, but may want to get out of Houston, as Houston is a very defensive-minded team. As a, t- as a creative attacking midfielder, a defensive-minded team is not exactly the place that you'd want to be. Though the Dash may be going under a rebrand in style, I think Room has played there for quite a long time in her career, and I think that if the Spirit could put a good offer to pen to the paper, it would be a perfect fit for Groom and a perfect fit for the Spirit. Um, Nagasato, Yuki Nagasato and Nadia Nandim are two quality international players that I think will really bring experience to the spirit midfield. Sullivan and Sanchez, the World Cup alumni, are still quite young. Nagasato is a creative presence, so he saw her lethal abilities when she partnered with Sam, when her partner in crime was Sam Kerr in, in the 2018-2019 run. The Red Stars were incredible. They won almost every single match. And with the attacking talent that the spirit has in Hatch, in Rodman, I think that having Having another creator alongside Sanchez would not only benefit the forwards, but also benefit Sanchez, and it would as it would free up space for Sanchez to do what she does best: finish and play balls into the box and finish those plays off. Um, and Nagasato is just another really good creative player. Nadim is someone who isn't who is yes very creative, but that isn't her whole, that isn't what her style of play is oriented around. Nadim can also play as a true nine. She's a finisher. She's someone who I think could really partner super well up top with Hatch. Um, and, and they would have really good one twos and you know play in be- in between each other. I think Nadim is someone who really loves dribbling at the back line, and Hatch is someone who's more of like a a true nine, a finisher. Nadim can play as a false nine. Nadim can you know get into the box and win those headers, which Hatch can do as well. But again, adding more attacking talent can never hurt. Lastly, I think that they should look for someone who could. Um, in that eight position, another candidate I would look at was Danny Weatherholt, an unrestricted free agent, and with Angel City signing Amandine Henry, it's clear that Weatherholt won't be first choice there, with Andy Sullivan most likely going to the Olympics next year, I think signing a player like Weatherholt would be good, as she's someone who could slot right in there. Lastly, the fullback role. I saved this one for last because, yes, it's the star who we opened with at the episode for the Spirit, but she's also a player that they've been directly linked to. Casey Kruger, a fullback who has deserved much better recognition than she's gotten with the U.S. Women's National Team, is a player who loves to get up the pitch, but also can play incredible defense and loves winning 1v1s. A pacey fullback with plenty of technical ability, Kruger is someone who will fit perfectly into the Spirit side that is desperately missing a player who can 
really do well if the link up play. Sanchez is someone who loves to drop back and receive as the same thing with Sullivan in the midfield. And I think that the Spirit really honestly turned the ball over far too much in the midfield and that from building out of the back. And the Spirit loves the ball out of the back, which is fine, but obviously a big problem is when you build out of the back and you lose the ball. That is extremely concerning for any viewer. And I think watching the Spirit play in person, I got a better view of that, but also all season long, I felt like they turned the ball over far too much. And I think they need a fullback who could tuck inside and receive to play a ball up the pitch to a player like Rodman, or pull outside to receive at a wider angle and play a diagonal ball per perhaps to someone like Sanchez. These may be very small things, but in reality, these are the things that make or break a team en route to their championship, as we saw with Gotham FC this season. And a player like Casey Kruger would not only provide those incredible abilities to butter the back, she would have that final pass that the team was missing to build out and give the front line that is incredibly lethal of Robin to Hatch more opportunities to do what they do best. Finish. If Kruger comes into the side, one of the midfielders I mentioned, the Washington Spirit could also, like their rivals Gotham FC, have have a shot at redeeming themselves from the last two seasons and regain, regaining the, the throne as NWSL champions as they once had in 2020. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Women's Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Liam Greco, or LDG, and I thank you for listening in and supporting us all throughout 2023. This is our last episode of the year, but we're so grateful for all of the help and support you've given us throughout this year and motivation to help me continue to produce episodes. Remember to follow us on Instagram and wherever you get your podcasts at, to be sure you never miss an episode. Thanks so much for listening, and for the last time this year, peace out from your host, LDG.